your heart and mind. Heart and mind. The peace of God. Be anxious for nothing. He didn't say the answer has been given. He says praying. And the answer is going to be, no, he says, the peace of God will guard your mind, your heart, and your mind. Because that's where the battle is. As long as the peace stays in your heart and in your mind, the answer is on its way. You're still. So we struggle with that. Where is Pastor Andy? Get him. We need to curse that thing and reverse it. Because Jesus cannot lie. God's truth of his word. And I'm going to stand on God's word for his healing. I know we can have all kinds of excuses why we believe this is it. I, I just want to stay with scripture tonight. And pray for him and believe that I will see results. And I pray he agrees with me. Yes, let them run the test. It's good. There's nothing wrong with them. I have... Um, uh, x-ray pictures in my office of a girl a, a girl with uh, scoliosis and she was prayed for here we have before and after curve and is straight it's the same God he can do anything so I need you all to believe with me tonight um, the greatest enemy we have no preaching yet the greatest enemy we have is fear fear as soon as he hits you, it's like Bill tonight. He's just having pain. And guess what Satan whispers to him? You're having a heart attack, brother. Hey, don't laugh. Many of you guys have been there too. <laughs> My hand. They say, what, what, what hand is this? The left or the right? I'm having pain. Who is this? This is the big one. <laughs> okay. And that's what Satan works. If you receive it, say, I'm sure you're not feeling anything anymore. It's gone. It's a lie. Please come. We're going to pray for you tonight. We're going to pray for you tonight. And I'm going to believe that when you wake up tomorrow. I've seen God do miracles for this man. He has a lot of faith. I've seen Andy's hand grow, both of them. They grow out like that, and then they go back and forth. He's not doing anything. I just see him going back and forth. And I'm thinking, oh Lord God, when is this going to stop? <laughs> and then finally, both of them came in step and the back pain was completely gone. <laughs> He's a man of faith. Amen. And God's going to heal him here tonight. Okay? Please stretch your hand. Sometimes it's really very important. We stand with him. He's our brother. That's right. And God's standing with us today. Let me have the hand, whatever it is. This is one. Yeah. Please stretch your hand here in faith. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I command the feelings to come back right now. Just because I lay my hands on him. And your people are praying. And Jesus you are answering right now. Feelings return. In Jesus name.
Praise the Lord. Now that you've been sitting, stand up. <laughs> it's time to make a confession of faith. Thank you, Lord. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. That's the word of God, Isaiah 50, verse 4 and 5. Um, still speaking on security in Christ, and just basically looking at Psalm 91, which is scripture that we're all familiar with. It says in Psalm 91, verse 4, He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. His truth shall be your shield. His truth this is talking about the word of God. Yes, God will cover you. But if you need a shield and your protection, your shield and your protection is in the word of God and nowhere else. Even being under the feathers. Well, things can go through feathers. Have you seen feathers? Yeah, things can go through there. But the scripture is clear. If you are going to be truly protected, it's got to be his truth. The faithfulness to his truth. God's faithfulness to the truth shall be. Doesn't say will be. It shall be. If you will take the word. If you will take the shield. It's one thing to have a shield. It's another thing to lift up the shield to protect yourself. But it's truth. The word of God is what's going to be your protection. From every harm. Your protection. God says he's there for you. He'll cover you under his wings. But he has his truth for us. That is our protection. You know, not people's opinions. Not how you feel. His truth. That's what God's going to confirm. That's what I want to know. What God says. And I know God is faithful to his word. Psalm 138, I believe verse 2. God has exalted his word above all of his name. So you take the name of God in vain. That's one problem. You play with the word. That's another problem. And the second one is greater. He has exalted his word above. So that's telling us God puts a lot to his word. He tells us that from the very beginning. Everything you see came from his word. The sun, the moon, the universe, everything is from his word. And God's giving that to us for our protection. Our shield. He can give us nothing greater than the word of God. 
see the truth that God says he's covered every, every area of our life. Every single area. We're constantly depending on what we know. So I believe some, the Proverbs chapter 3. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Who, who is the Lord? The Lord is the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. You don't see God. You trust in what he says. That's trusting in God. Don't lean on your own understanding. We always lean on our understanding because that's where we live. We live in the natural. So, But the Bible says the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. I can't live in the natural. If you live it by what you see and what you hear and what you feel and all of that, it's going to be hard to receive God's Word. You want to, but where you live doesn't allow you to. So I have to trust in the Word of God. God just put it out there. If you want, your shield, you want a shield for your protection, you want to be protected and covered, the Word of God is the Word of God. I see how powerful receiving God's Word without doubt and acting on it, how great it works. Every time you fear, you open the door for the enemy because you have some kind of uh, uh, an opening for the enemy to come, to come in. Because fear is opposite of faith. And Satan works so hard to make us afraid. Did God say this? Yeah, but how do you really feel? As if that's bigger than what God has said. It goes back to the Garden of Eden. Yes, I know what God says. But, you see, this is real. The natural world where I live. And so we are not able to get where God wants us to be. But the Bible says, all things are yours. Read the scripture. He tells us we are not normal, natural people. The natural man does not receive. But you receive. That says you are not natural. Some way, God in your life has made you a different kind of being. He has opened your ears so you can understand the word. God giving you that ability to know the word. He says the mystery of the word of God, to you it has been given to know. The world doesn't understand it. And you can't reason with them. Because they can't receive the word. The Bible says God has given us all things. And you can read in Psalm 103, where I stopped last week. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Remind yourself, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. The greatest problem is sin. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Don't forget His benefits. Don't forget His benefits. You know why? We tend to forget. That's why I have to tell my soul not to forget. Naturally, because we're still natural people, even though God lives in us, our natural tendency is to forget what God said. And we feel that way. So there is the need to even speak to yourself and tell yourself, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and don't forget His benefits. Because if you forget His benefits, His benefits are not there for you. He forgives not some of your iniquities. He forgives all of your iniquities. He's a benefit. Because as long as sin is there, everything is shielded from you. Can't get to you. 
As long as sin is there, I said to somebody, the forgiveness is the number one thing that a man needs. And, and to receive it is so easy. Satan wants us to work for it. And if you work for it, there is that feeling that I can lose it any day. But it's so freely given. When God forgives you, sin is gone. And your nature is changed. It's a miracle. And you don't desire it anymore. When you're not forgiven and you're still feeling guilty, there is still a pull to that thing. But when God forgives you, you feel clean. When you're clean after a good shower, you don't want to go to filthy places. That's in the natural. That's the way he, he, the Bible makes it very clear. Don't forget his benefits. He forgives you all our iniquities. That's not just yesterday, but today as well. He forgives. All I, and then he heals all our diseases. That's the next thing. And then he tells us this. He redeems your life from destruction. He redeems your life from destruction. <laughs> it's not your life. There is different areas of life, right? Your finances can be destroyed. Your marriage can be destroyed. Is that part of your life? Yes. That's part of your life. But he redeems you from that. He redeems our life. Your spiritual life. Your physical life. Your mental life. He redeems your life. If it's life, God wants it redeemed. So for you to have the best. Redeeming means bringing it to what God originally intended. That's what it means. To redeem your life. So nothing is broken Nothing is missing. He redeems your life from destruction. So you don't have any destruction in any area of life. Can I hear an amen? Yes. And then look at what it says. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. You know what that means? Dignity. Dignity. In Isaiah 54, God says, I will not allow you to suffer Shame or disgrace. No shame, no disgrace. You know how painful it is to be shamed and to feel disgraced? God says that that's not going to happen. It happened in the past, but I'm not permitting it anymore. But He says, I want you to believe me. Dignity. Tender mercy from God. Tender, loving kindness and tender mercies. Look, you know when you wear a crown, you're dignified, right? But this is no, no ordinary crown. Amen. Those who crown, they are made of silly stuff, gold and all of that stuff in your head and you feel dignified. I mean, this is supernatural. God's tender, you're wearing it. Everywhere you go. Don't ever take your crown off your head. Amen? 
loving kindness and tender mercies. And then it says, He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed as the eagles. <laughs> and I keep saying, what does that mean? God, some apples and stuff? Some good things, good nutrition, is that what God's talking about? Satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed. Youth is renewed. What can you eat for your youth to be renewed? You, if you have a secret, I'll come to stay with you. <laughs> youth renewed. They that wait on the Lord will do what? Renew their strength. Amen? Satisfy your mouth with good things. You know, if you read in the Old Testament, Ezekiel, and it says, God says to eat the word, okay? It was sweet in the mouth and bitter in the belly or whatever, but the word is to be eaten. Amen. The word is to be eaten. It is, he's talking about the word. My truth shall be your shield and your butler. He's saying the same thing. This is how your life gets renewed. Through the word of God. And if you go to the very end of the Psalm 91, he says, with long life, I will satisfy you. With long life. He's the truth of the word of God. The truth of God's word. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You see, tonight you are renewing your strength. Because when your spirit is strong, and your spirit is with God, your body is going to respond. Your spirit was in control before Adam sinned. And after Adam sinned, the body took control, and the feelings took control, and we died. But now, there is called... The Word of God talks about the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. This is talking about the law of the spirit of life. And the law of the spirit of life operates through the Word. The Word of God that transforms a man's being. He says, your youth is renewed. As the eagles. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Okay? They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When you wait, that's what we're doing here. Here before God, listening to his word. You know, when I read from the words of Jesus, he said, you are clean because of the words I've spoken to you. They, Peter and the rest of them, they didn't know they were being washed. That God was cleansing them. They had no idea. But because they stayed near the word, their lives were being transformed. And they were being cleansed. They didn't know it. They had no idea. Every time you sit before God's word, something is happening deep inside of you. You are becoming more and more like God and you're not even aware of it. It's a mystery. 
The word of God transforms lives. And we can stay with that word of God. The word transforms life. It changes us. The word of God is to be our shield and our butler. Let me tell you about this. This is so important. That's why it's, God has emphasized so much the power of his word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Everything is about the word. As long as you stay with God's word, you never go astray. And God, if you have God's word in your heart, God watches over his word to perform it. Well, is the word out there? No. In the heart of man, that's where, where God wants it to be. And when he sees you acting on the word, he changes things. It's God's word. Once you gain, once you gain understanding, you turn. That's the way I understand it. And, and you know, I shared this year before. Years before I went into, uh, we went, Angela and I went into ministry. I, I just, I, I, my whole thing was, I was intrigued by this healing thing. I mean, everything, sometimes I could talk people's ear off just talking about healing. I talked about healing like crazy. The little, as soon as I gained a little understanding, I wanted to talk. I remember talking to a friend of mine in uh, Lakeland, Florida, the, the South Eastern College. I was talking to him and trying to say, look, you're going to be a minister. You need to focus on this so that God can, can use, uh, use you in healing. And he turned to me. He says, good luck. Have you healed anybody? And he was right. Not a single one. Boy, my mouth shut like this. It's like zipping. I wanted to say, you know, I'm not a preacher. You are the preacher, okay? That was my only excuse. But I never let go. And, and then and my wife would tell you this. One night I was, because I sleep thinking about these things. And I had no real understanding. But one night I gained understanding. And it was about opening deaf ear. And causing the dumb to speak. That was, I, I just woke up all night long. That was what I was thinking. I don't know if it was a dream. I have no idea. And I got up that morning and Angela and I, and I told Angela, you know, I can open deaf ears and, and cause the, the, uh, the dumb to speak. That was good morning for Angela. And Angela says, you, she looked at me like, what's, what's wrong with you? And she said, God does it, you can do it. I said, yeah, this, that's exactly what I mean. I can do it. Nothing happened for years. But then I had my opportunity while I was preaching, after God called us, uh, called us into ministry in Nigeria, and I prayed with people. So many people were healed. They had somebody that had a bad accident for four years, a lady that was sick for 25 years. But a general, I'll pray for them, general. I don't touch them. That way nobody can see he's not anointed Lord. <laughs> I just pray for them, general. Put your hands on your head, I said. And I'll pray for them. And how many of you were healed? They're healed and they're testifying, dancing. But I never lay my hands on them. So if it fails, nobody blames me, okay? <laughs> but this family, they were not satisfied with that generous stuff. They had this girl that was dumb and deaf and they singled me out <laughs> and got me from the stage and yelled so that everybody could hear 
she was deaf and, and dumb. So now, and as soon as, as they were telling me, all I was thinking was that night. I couldn't, I, was, I didn't even hear them much. My mind went to that very night. And, you know, I've, this feeling of, wow, I can finally experience this thing. That's how it felt. And guess what? Instant. And they were all clapping, rejoicing. The man of God, he has healing ministry. And all of them who are you talking about? I don't know who that is. That's the way it says, the man of God. When the man of God prayed for us, and this happened. But it's the word of God. It's the word of God. When you gain understanding, God helps you to position yourself. And you lose the fear. I had no fear. Amen? When you gain understanding, just like Bill, the fear is gone. When you fear, you open the door for the enemy. That's the first thing I do. When something comes against me, I'm trying to fight that fear. Because Satan is telling you, it's over for you. This is not going anywhere. God is not hearing you. This is it. You got it this time. And, and he's lying to you. But it feels so much like the truth. So you got to stay with God's word. I didn't heal anybody. The word healed them. He sent his word and healed them. It's his word. Acting on his word without fear. That means without doubt. Because if you doubt, you have fear. See, Peter feared, right? When he walked on water, he doubted, but there was fear. So whenever there is fear, there is doubt. It is God's word. Let me, let, let me show you a scripture here. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, I pray that God will give us understanding as to what's going on here because God was summarizing everything he's done with the, the Israelites for 40 years. 40 years. I have to ask God, Please help me. Because these people were in the Old Testament. And for 40 years, no one was sick in the camp. Think about it. 40 years. That's a long time. For no one to be sick. Not even the child was sick. And we have a better covenant. With better promises. It's hard to wrap our minds around this thing. But that's the goal we have to go. But for 40 years, no one was sick. They had the same shoes. For 40 years. And they still look just the way they looked when they left Egypt. How did God do that? He said there was a rock that followed them in the wilderness. But I'm sure they were not aware that the rock was following them even though they were moving. They turned around and there was the rock. And they could get water and read. Even in the, in, in the Old Testament, as the rock followed them, water from it, there was like rivers. They took shower in the wilderness. 
This is an amazing, and we're dealing with the same God. And he loves us, gave his son for us. We just cannot believe. And I'm saying that, God, please, open my eyes. Let me believe what is spoken. That's my desire. God, please help me. Because whatever it is that's holding me back from truly acting and believing God's word against what's coming against my life, God, open my eyes so I can see and not listen to what the world is saying and not listen to how I feel and what everybody else is saying. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy verse eight, two and, uh, chapter 8, verse 2, two and 3. And you shall remember the Lord your God, who uh, the Lord your God, who led you all the way these forty years. God says, in the wilderness, forty years to humble you and test you, humble you and test you. To know what was in your heart. So if you're going through something, even though it seems natural, it's a test. God will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able. The scripture says he always has a, but it's a test. He allows it, it seems evil, but he's testing you. To see To know what's in your heart. To see if he can do business with this man or this woman. That's what he's doing. For 40 years, he tested them. He he knew what he was doing. He put them in a place where they couldn't get water just to see how they would respond. And they didn't respond well. He still gave them water, but they didn't respond well. So he said, you didn't... Your something is still wrong. I don't want this crowd. Let's go around the wilderness again till he dies. So let me try the next group to see if they will understand. He said it's a test. Whatever you're going through, if you are a child of God, it's a test from God. God allowed it not to destroy you, not to defeat you, but to see how you will respond, what's really there in your heart, how do you respond to the word of God? Respond to God? Yeah, what he told them. That was his purpose. Just to know what was He knew what was there in their heart. But I believe he was trying to find out how they would respond. They didn't respond well. They didn't. Let's go further. So he was humbling them. And testing them. And you know, you think about Abraham, that's just the way, I call it the way of the Lord. He's going to test you. Sometimes the tests are really hard. But just to know what's in your heart. We know the story of Abraham, right? He says, a time came when God will test Abraham. And he says, kill the boy Isaac. But it was a test. And when the test was over, God says, don't lay your hands on that boy. Now I know. That you fear God. You mean God didn't know that before? No. It was a test to see what was in Abraham's heart. And from there God swore. I'm going to bless you. 
because of what you've done. He didn't kill the boy, but it was a test. It was a serious test. And so the scripture is giving us a principle here from the word of God. God tests people. Children of God are tested. And those words that you speak when you are tested because you are pressured. Now this is what I say. When pressure comes, if you squeeze a toothpaste or a tube, whatever is in the tube is going to come out. You understand what I'm saying? When Christians are squeezed and God squeezes them, he says, oh, that's what's in you. <laughs> I don't think I can deal with that. If you squeeze a tube, a tube that's whatever is in there is going to come out. And sometimes, whether you like it or not, if it's in there, as soon as it's squeezed, it's coming out. And so God squeezes you to, find, to discover what's in there. And if he doesn't like it, he go find something else. So he said he tested them, humbled them. He uses it to humble us. Because then, humbling means you, you, there's nothing you can do about it. You got to depend on him. It's too much for you to handle, so you got to depend on him. So he tests you and humbles you. And Abraham had a, he had a formula for himself. Well... He's God, I'll kill him, and he's got to raise him back up because he told me that's my heir, right? That's, that was his rationale. I'll kill him. He wants me to kill him. Yeah, I'll kill him, and he's going to raise him back up. So he had no fear. So you got to find out how, how did Abraham get that? Because Abraham, God has said in Isaac, right? That's where your blessing is, Isaac. So you want Isaac, I'll kill him. But in his mind, you can read it in the New Testament, he believed God was going to raise him back up. And for that reason, he has no fear. So when you're going through a problem, God is already giving a promise. And he expects you to trust in his promise and don't fear. Now, now I'll go back to the word. So he humbled you and tested you to know what was in your heart whether you will keep his commandments or not. In other words, whether you will do what he said. That's what he does. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger. He humbled you and allowed you to hunger. Why? They were hungry, no food, and I'm sure they were waiting. God's going to do something. God's going to do something. Moses... (laughs) Where's garlic? We need some cucumber, right? We are not, this is wilderness. And I'm sure they looked around and they thought, there's no way we can find food in this place. It was a test. I mean, it was painful to them. Now, if they were just adults, it would be one thing. But when you have children with you, that's another thing. That's when people react. Moses, you got us to this wilderness and you're going to kill us and our children. They have forgotten everything they saw. Everything they saw in Egypt. They have forgotten. And so God allows this test. You see, he allowed them to hunger, but then he fed them. But God will not, if they are unfaithful, God remains faithful. They complained, God didn't like it. But he still gave them food. He still was faithful. He didn't like what happened. He couldn't trust them. 
So he basically, all of you are going to die in the wilderness till I find the crowd that will listen to me and do my word without fear. That's the way it, it was. But he fed them with angels' food, manna. He says that was angels' food. And it, it, then he tells you why he was doing all of that. Okay? He fed them with manna which you, you, you did not know, nor did your fathers know. That it might make you know that man shall not, what? Live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So God's test for you, for me, is to let you know you can't trust anything else but His word. And if you don't learn it, we go around the wilderness again. Until we get to the place where we learn it. It's the word. That's, that's the shield. That's the bottle. The word of God. That's all we know. That's what God's given to us. That covers everything. The word of God. That's what it is. It covers everything. He wants us to know that we live. To live means to thrive, right? To succeed. If, you, if you're living and you have, you, you have a lot of want, you know that's not life. If you're really sickly and in pain all the time, yes, you're alive, but that's not real life, right? That's the way we say it. That's not life. But God says you live through his word. You thrive through his word. Everything is God's word. When God would do anything, he sends his word. Anything God wants to do, God doesn't use his hands. He uses his words. Amen. And if you line up with the word, the word works for everyone. It's always the word. I can, you can see how Jesus demonstrated towards the power of the word in the wilderness when he was tempted. It's like Adam's, Adam and Eve's temptation in the garden. They're about the same. But notice how Jesus did it. It is written. Just the word. He spoke the word, what God had said, and Satan knew that was coming from a heart. No answer to that. Next, he goes to the next thing. And never goes back to the first one because he knows he's coming from the heart. That's, I believe that temptation of Jesus given to us, the account of it, nobody was there. So God could have hidden there, that from us, right? I'm sure it was Jesus that told the disciples what happened, right? Think about it. We think about scripture. The Holy Ghost revealed that to us. How did the disciples know what Satan said to Jesus? Were they there? God allowed it to be written in his word so we know. So we know that even dealing with Satan himself is still the word. And you don't have to speak a lot. Just quote the word from the heart and Satan knows no way in this area let me go some other area and notice this one area he takes his, he goes to your finances that doesn't work you stand in the word oh, okay, let me leave that let me go to your children and you stand the word oh, well that doesn't work let me go to your marriage that's the way it works he's testing where you're weak 
and we can stand in the word. Joshua 1 verse 8. This, oh my God, look at time. We're closing right now. <laughs> I'm not going further. You know the scripture. This book of the law. <laughs> this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you meditate. Oh boy, please stand up. I'm stopping. My goodness. I'm sorry. <laughs> you forgive me, right? Jeez. Somebody should have done this. Hey, God. Well, I feel good because God commanded you to forgive me. <laughs> you have no choice. You got to forgive me. <laughs> okay. Put your hands up before God tonight. And uh, while you are that, forgive me from the heart again. <laughs> And ask God to bless the word in your heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, because your word never returns to your void. I believe your word has been accomplished in the hearts of your people tonight. And deep inside your spirit, you have spoken to their inner ears. And they've heard from God more than the words they heard with their natural ears. You've spoken to your heart. And the word is taking root. And they have become, they've become stronger in God. Because your word, the supernatural word of God, dwells in them. Thank you, Father, for making them more than conquerors. According to your word. We give you praise. Lord, even in our sleep, minister your word to us. We trust in your goodness. We, tr- we trust in your tender mercies. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you. God bless you. (laughs) Wow.